Hello dear, welcome to the Kingdom Living Podcast. Here we talk about faith, purpose, and societal issues from a kingdom perspective. We have just recently launched the series Chosen Gen. We are inspiring voices from this generation talk about how they experience God through their daily lives. They not only play an important role in their society and profession, above all, their desires are to constantly seek justice and the kingdom of God. You will be hearing how God is transforming their lives every day for his glory. Born and grew up in Uganda and now based in Paris, where she studies her master's in international development, having formerly worked as an auditor for KPMG and currently interning as an energy analyst at OECD. Our guest for today is also a poet who loves writing memoirs. Hi, Regina. You are welcome to the Kingdom Living Podcast. We are honestly grateful to have you today and that you accepted our invitation. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you so much, Isasa, for this privilege to speak to the young generation of Christians. And thank you so much for this opportunity to share my inspiration into Christianity and to give a word of advice to the next generation. Thank you so much. You know, the goal of Chosen Gen series is to help non-believers new believers and those who are already strong in faith to understand what it means to be chosen therefore to abide and grow in christ already at a very early age you decided to believe and to follow christ why so i i grew up from a polygamous family mm-hmm. i was just the only child of my mom and my dad so i grew mm-hmm. up with our step brothers and sisters and um, I didn't really get exposed to the Christian life as much Mm. because I came from Catholic family so it was just about the rosary and you know praying to the saints I didn't really understand what it means to have a personal relationship with Christ Mm. so I went to boarding school at quite a tender age uh, because of the nature of work of my parents so it involved a lot of the of the travel so I went into boarding school and then it is through the boarding school that I enrolled for the Sunday school drama and bible study kind of sessions mm-hmm. and i was selected to always be the one um reading the scriptures to this to the children in in class yeah. i mean in the sunday school class and sometimes we had to like go to the main church because the sunday school children were the ones supposed to kind of have some little presentation to, to the adults in the church so i remember that was the day that i gave my life to christ and i was really really young i was just eight years since then i've been walking with christ because it kind of built my christianity and my faith and mm-hmm. since then i decided to have a personal relationship with christ because our sunday school teacher told us that it it was a bit mandatory to write weekly letters to God. Mm-hmm. So we were given notebooks to write weekly letters to God every day. So it became kind of a habit that uh, we had that relationship with God and we had mm. to talk to him through letters and tell him everything, tell him everything we did during the week and what we want him to do for us. Yes, wow. so that's how I gave my life to Christ and wow. built that personal relationship with that innocent mind that God is actually reading these letters. <laughs> so inspiring. Eight years yeah i was really young (laughs) i can't imagine being eight and then decide Mm -hmm. to say okay i want to make this decision to follow god to follow Mm -hmm. christ Mm -hmm. yes like for an eight years old child to make that decision I think it was also because of my family background, um, coming from a polygamous family with the stepmothers that probably don't really treat you so well. Mm-hmm. You have no one to turn to. So you kind of have that lonely 
kind of um, environment. Yes. And then you just lock yourself in your room and you remember what the Sunday school teacher told you. The only friend that you have right now is God. And if you want someone to talk to, if you feel like your heart, if you feel so lonely, you can tell him anything on the letter and he's going to read them, but he'll take time to respond to you. So you don't have to wait for his letter. Indeed. <laughs> so, yes. I think that kind of uh, the, the environment that I grew up in kind of like also helped uh, shape my Christianity. So it's something that I look back and I'm like, okay, I think I'm really thankful to God that I actually had the opportunity to grow up in such an environment that helped me build that relationship with Christ nonetheless. <laughs> Which means yeah. it was actually like your environment that influenced your decision to uh, follow Christ, right? Exactly. And you that Christ is someone you can really rely on, uh -huh. put in, and you said you needed to write letters. First, it's very interesting to know if you still keep on writing the letter. <laughs> and then secondly, yeah. when you wrote <laughs> Yeah, um, growing up, yeah, sometimes I would write like when I am super angry or when I'm feeling so down and I have no one to talk to. I just sometimes, and I'm, I'm, I find it so hard to express myself verbally, I write. So I think that kind of also nurtured my poetry, kind of liking to read poetry, liking, liking to write poetry. So that kind of helped me. But then um, if I don't have time to write, I just talk. Um, we have like uh, back home in Africa, we have what they call big brother and mm -hmm. people often go for those diary sessions with the big brother. Yeah. So I decided to also start having my diary sessions with God. And I'm like, I mean, if people in real life are even trusting someone they do not know, I mean, it's just a voice. Then how about someone that we know God has been with us all through our lives. So I made it a point that at least, uh, that just those days that I sit down and lock myself in my room. It's not like prayer. It's just talking and I imagine like he's sitting right to, next to me and I tell him all my day's activities. I even like so, kind of like just laugh and I just imagine he is with me listening to me and I tell him like maybe, okay, now God, this and this happened at work. I don't think I liked it. Or this and this happened between me and this friend and I don't think I really like it. But maybe you could do this, you could do that. And, you know, I'm like negotiating with him. I'm like just telling him anything that comes to my mind because I know that he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. So sometimes I still write those letters. But oftentimes this time I talk to him like because I feel like just talking sometimes just makes me feel better. But I imagine that he's actually listening because that imagination was built at a tender age. That's strong. Because mm -hmm. even though we write letters, it also means that that's the way you, as a, an eight-year-old child, communicated with God. Yeah. Maybe in the movie, Letters to God, mm -hmm. like this child was really hoping God is reading his reading the letters. <laughs> I, I can imagine God is doing that. That's what God does. But yeah. you also talk about the fact that now what you do mostly is to talk to God. Yes. That is an expression of prayer. What are the steps that you have taken in general to grow in faith and to believe that every time you talk to God, he listens and he will answer your prayers? I think it's just the faith in me. I really have this strong faith in God. Even sometimes when I don't have the faith, I'm so transparent with him because I know he's still going to look into my heart and tell me, clearly you do not have faith. Mm -hmm. So what, what I do, I'll just sit down and I'll be so honest. I just yeah. come clean with him. I tell him, you know what? I'm doing this, but to be honest, I don't have faith in myself. Mm -hmm. And I should be having faith in you, but I don't even have the faith. 
it's so embarrassing because the Bible says uh, we need faith to please God. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, I know this is not really pleasing to you, but then I need the help of the Holy Spirit. Help mm-hmm. me to have faith in you in everything that I am doing. Another thing that would give me faith is also reading the Bible mm-hmm. because, you know, he tells us, come forth, come forth with your reasons. Let's reason together. Come forth with your arguments and let's reason together. I'm always like seeking out for scriptures that speak to a specific situation that I want mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. So if maybe it's an internship that I want, it's a job that I want, it's a scholarship that I want, it's a spouse mm-hmm. that I want, I go and seek for that scripture in the Bible. And then I come to him during my diary sessions with him. Mm-hmm. And I tell him maybe, uh, God, today, I want to speak to you in the capacity of a father. Or another time I'm like, I want to speak to you in the capacity of a big brother, or I want to speak to you in the capacity of a friend. It depends on what gist I want to give him. And then I come forth with strong reasons from the Bible. I'm like, okay, so you said, according to this book, you said this and this and this. So I want this kind of uh, thing to happen in my life. And these are my reasons based on the scripture. Yeah, so I often go with my reasons to him, but I, of course, with scriptural backup because I don't want him to, you know, <laughs> deviate. <laughs> at, the, at the same time, I'm also, I also tell him that uh, it's not accord- in accordance to my will that things should happen. Please help me to be open to your will and to accept everything that comes my way. Yes. <laughs> You yeah, just have a lot of so many points, and I don't know where to start from. the aspect of relying on God's word. It's not as if you're bringing your mere words to God, but actually you have your basis, you have your word, you have the fundamentals that you to justify your request. Yeah, exactly. So I always come with backup to justify my request. It's like we're in court. <laughs> It's because it says this word, right? As yeah. will be given unto you, uh-huh, uh-huh. my will, and his will is his word, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I find it so interesting that every situation you find yourself in, you try to uh-huh. find a scripture that backs it up. There is just also that time you need to get down on your knees and pray. I preferred praying at the midnight hour because of how effective it is and also following the scripture. When the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. And those that come, they they must know that he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him in faith. And Mm -hmm. you can bring that through your actions. Even though you you had faith, you know, sometimes when we have faith, we say, okay, um, I believe I trust the word of God that says I am going to get what he destined for my life and Mm -hmm. so on. But you experienced rejections. Mm-hmm. And the rejections have become redirections for you. Mm-hmm. But you know, before you come to that point of rejection being redirection, mm-hmm. you must have struggled. You must have yeah. challenged. Yeah. How you overcome them. Pay for the struggles. Yeah, when, when you receive the rejections, it could be at work. I remember a, a friend of mine that had been jobless for like two years. And then she asked me, how did you even get to KPMG? And I told her, Exactly. It was a little prayer. Like, I said, well, do you know how I prayed for this job? And do you know how I got a dream that I was rejected and I had to wake up like at 2 a.m. and pray all the way to 6 a.m.? So, like, explain what is KPMG? Oh, KPMG is like a, an audit firm. It's like uh, one of the big four audit firms in the world. It kind of has its brand name. So um, getting into such organizations, it's pretty much competitive. And I remember out of uh, 2,000 applicants, I was amongst the 15 that were selected. 
So uh, they are more into auditing and you don't have to have an accounting background to get in because oftentimes they take in anyone because you get to audit almost all sectors. So you kind of get to apply your academic knowledge in the different sectors. Um, she had been jobless for some time and she was telling me, I don't know what to do. I have prayed, I have done everything but nothing then i told her maybe what you're lacking is a personal relationship with god because prayer is different but the relationship with god is also very very essential you need to have a relationship with god and she's like okay now how do i start i said you have to start talking to him and if you want you can also write letters i'm like if you if you can't write letters just make up time like every day or mm-hmm. i don't know it could be weekends just talk to him like from your heart and imagine he is there listening even just i don't know anything like i'll even be running late to work and i'm telling god god i am late but i don't want my boss to reach before me please help me and then you find that you actually reach before your boss and your boss comes in like two minutes later save up time every day like even if 10 minutes and just sit down and talk don't don't pray just talk to him i think i met her on on like in december and then she got the job in january and then she came to me she's like you know what now my prayer perception has really changed it's not just about praying she's like every day it's like i have to talk to god because i had to really close myself in the rooms and Mm -hmm. tell him i need this job so she got a job in an international ngo Mm -hmm. and there were like four people and she was the only one who was selected with no work experience for two years straight and then also i love to listen to gospel music so uh, i will maybe just listen to some kind of gospel music that would lift me up Mm -hmm. or maybe praises worship and that kind of is also very good when you feel so challenged And then another kind of challenge that Christians face is the challenge of addiction. Mm. So you'd find some Christians really addicted to their phones, Mm -hmm. addicted to different kinds of sexual sins, addicted to to smoking, to drinking. So you find that maybe they want to give their lives to Christ. They really want to be committed. But then this addiction is really, really pulling them back. That's one thing that I've really, really seen is... I mean, many Christians do face, but I think one kind of advice that I would give uh, Christians that addicted is to just never give up Mm. because every time they go back to their addiction, let them continue seeking God. But then above all, also they should surround themselves with a Christian community of friends. There is something about having a Christian community of friends because, and you, you surround yourself with a Christian community of friends and then you feel free to always confess your sins to them. It's like you are accountable to them that, okay, I'm so addicted to this, but for this one week, I promise I am not going to do anything that is going to make me smoke or that is going to make me drink or that is going to make me not to read my Bible. So every day, maybe the Christian community of friends is reminding you, oh, okay, did you read your Bible today? Mm. Or I hope you didn't smoke today. So you kind of have that Christian community watching out for you. They are not going to judge you because they want you to grow together in faith. You all want to be on the heavenly rest. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one thing. Um, if you're a Christian that is facing a lot of challenges, especially addiction to anything, just, just make sure you surround yourself with a Christian community of friends and be so free with them. But of course, you just have to ask God to bring that friend to you because not all of them are, are really friends. They may listen to your problems and then feel happy you have them or not give you the right advice. So you need that friend you can confide in that is going to pray for you without your knowledge and that is going to really make sure that you're on track to be delivered from that kind of addiction. 
So true. Wow. You just raised up a topic that's oftentimes not talked about. And, and I think that's one thing we all struggle with. Before we even uh, came to Christ, before we accepted Christ in general, we struggled with all kinds of things. Struggled with even different kinds of sentiments can also be um, laziness, with fear, with all kinds of things. And that's what salvation does to us. Yes. I would just like you to um, even explain what you understand by salvation. What does it do like to people? that receive salvation my basic definition of salvation is accepting christ as your lord and savior and behaving in a way that reflects christ's way of life when he was here on earth so i believe salvation is not just about going to church every day you accept your i mean you give your life to christ and then every day you're just going to church and then you know coming back or probably i don't know just the basic kind of christian salvation is way more than that i feel it's giving back to the poor it is mm. praying for others it is it is about making our character reflect who christ was and so that our char- character can draw both the unbelievers and those that are a bit lukewarm you know mm-hmm. so that is how i would I would understand salvation, accepting Christ and making sure that our actions speak to that. Because sometimes we may be saying something, but actually our, um, our actions do not really reflect what we, mm-hmm. we say. Uh, exactly. which is sometimes <laughs> the actions will always speak louder than uh, voice, right? So yeah. in general, in the end, people will also see the works we do out there. And I just believe, as you've said, believing in christ knowing that he is our savior and i think that's the the access he gives to us as well being our savior it means we are saved from all kind of addictions we are no longer slave to all these kind of things though we may still find it difficult to get out of um, addiction or any other kind of things but Mm -hmm. know that christ is stronger that he is able that is capable to redeem us from whatsoever difficulties we are facing addictions we are facing and i just love the the point you raised which is that giving back to um to the uh, people uh, around us not only us receiving blessings but also blessing others around us that's why i'd like to hear from you what does it mean to be part of a chosen generation in your case and how do you manifest this through your daily life and profession so sharing my testimonies is one way of um trying to inspire others and then also one other way is also to pray for others Uh, my calling as a christian is to be an intercessor (laughs) is to be an intercessor so one way that i kind of like manifest being part of the chosen generation is by interceding for others and it is something that i often tell friends and stuff like that i tell them my calling is being an intercessor it is not something that i just woke up and i'm like i I want to be an intercessor (laughs) we had to i remember sometime back in uganda in our church we were told to really fast and pray and ask god for our calling because at the end of it all we have to face him and account for all the talents that he gave us and if we carried out his work fully. So I had to really pray to God to tell me what my calling was until I got to know that I was more into intercessing. So and I how, love to... How, how, how did God reveal it to you? Uh, okay, so I remember I had a dream during the week of prayer and fasting for re- revelation of your purpose and your gift. Actually, it was more like, what is your purpose and what is your gift in life? So for the for, for the... 
I mean, for my purpose, I remember I had a dream that um, I was like in a room mm -hmm. and then people like were making a very long line and then each of them kept on coming in the room and I had like a notebook. And then so someone comes and tells me their problem and I write it down for them and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll see what I can do about this. Mm -hmm. So it came in like one by one, everyone coming one, one by one. And then there was someone who was like, oh, Regina, there are quite many people and there are others that want to come through this door to tell you all their problems. And I'm like, Oh, first shut that door. Let me first finish with this group and then others can come in. So you find that people kept on coming, telling me their problems. I just kept on noting their names um, in the notebook. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you, that kind of thing. So I remember waking up from that dream and I didn't even need to even Google about it. And I'm like, oh, wait, I think I am meant to intercede for people if, People are just meant to come and tell me their problems. And I'm like, okay, I go before God on their behalf. Yeah, that kind of thing. Then for, for my gifts, you know, we also have different kind of gifts that I think we Christians, most Christians do not know. Some people have a gift of kindness, others a gift of comfort, a gift of leadership. We have very many gifts. So me, I got to know mine was a gift of kindness. Uh, oftentimes, like people would keep telling you you're kind and you're like, but I mean, there is nothing that I did to warrant this kind of compliment. So it was so frequent, but then it's not something that I had confirmed. Mm -hmm. So I remember sometime, I think, asking God, but I want to know my gift because I want to exploit it to the fullest. So what is my gift? So this one also just came like through a dream whereby it was just like a handwriting on the wall and it had written kindness in like red. So I'm like, okay, so this has been just perfected. So I try as much as I can to extend kindness to everyone. I think that's why I love to, to help the needy because that's my own way of extending kindness. And then in terms of intercession, I love it like when people come to talk to me, but sometimes your purpose and your gift just kind of draws people to you naturally because that is what you're meant to be. So you'll find that people find it easy to confide in you with their Christian problems and you're just there to listen to them and to pray together with them, to intercede with them. Knowing your gifts, knowing what you're good at and also what you've been called helps you. Yeah, uh, it does help you. In general. Mm -hmm. So like you found your purpose in God, mm -hmm. right? And there mm -hmm. are many people out there, they still don't know what their purpose is. What yeah. would you give them as advice? Um, what I would give them to advise, okay, sometimes maybe you may seek God's face and he may not really reveal it to you, but then the community around you can easily tell. You can tell uh, some people that really have a nice voice. You just know like you, your purpose is to sing for God. Yes. Clearly. <laughs> I didn't have the voice. Indeed. And um, I didn't have the voice. And I know of a friend for her, she loved these things of uh, youth, like, bringing youth together, sharing the Bible study with them. She loved going for those missionary kind of work. And I was just telling her, I think for you, your purpose is just outreach and missionary kind of work. Like you are just meant to go out there with a community of people to reach out to people, to share the gospel and stuff like that. And then later on, she was like, but I think that is what I actually even like to do because she was an usher in the church. But she would always like, whenever there's outreach, she's like, oh, Gina, I'm super excited. We have this outreach event. I'm so happy to go for this kind of missionary work. 
And you'd really see like her kind of liking went more towards the other being an usher, you know, in the church and stuff like that. So I was telling her, I think that is actually your purpose here on earth to reach out to people, to unbelievers and share the word with them. So I think that is some place you should want to explore. Then later on, she transitioned to being an outreach coordinator for the youth in the church. As you've mentioned, our community helps us to discover our gifts. You having the Christian identity, what does it do with you as a person? Because you need to know that first, you are no longer just someone born in Uganda, Mm -hmm. having all these identities Mm -hmm. attached to your social background, but Mm -hmm. now you are a Christian. Mm-hmm. Now you find yourself in Paris. It kind of changes my mindset. The way I think and reason is often from the Christian perspective. There are certain things that I would never do. Like I would never say someone is ugly. Mm. Like that is something I don't even know if I've ever called someone that because mm. then, because my Christian identity tells me that, I mean, we are all made from the image of God, then I'm like, but why would I say someone is ugly? Or why would I abuse someone? Why would I quarrel or shout at someone? Because now I'm like, I'm hurting them. And then if I'm hurting them, I'm making them angry. And being angry is a sin. So I don't know, like, it just kind of changes my mindset or my perception about things. And it makes me more kind towards people. So my Christian identity is something that I don't know if I would want to trade it for anything because I am proud to have that identity as a Christian. And I try, okay, having transitioned to Europe, I am a bit uh, a bit slow on getting to know people's side because then um, sometimes I was once told, like you can tell people that you believe in Jesus and then they find it strange or weird So I'm always curious, first of all, to know what kind of, you know, who do they believe in, you know, and maybe go a bit slow when it comes to telling them about Jesus. So that maybe it doesn't just divert them from me. I mean, because you can tell someone you believe in Jesus and then like they run away from you. But then I would love to tell them that I believe in Jesus, but not make them run away, but actually bring them closer to him. So I'm really proud of my Christian identity and I like the fact that it changes the way I think, the way I perceive things. Awesome. Wow. Thank you so much, Regina. Thank you so <laughs> You're much. You're welcome. Spending your time with us uh, for this episode today You're and welcome. for changing souls, minds, mm-hmm. and also just for communicating how you have been experiencing God in your life daily mm-hmm. and how you practice your Christian life, which is really one that is vibrant and <laughs> And I'm so, so grateful just sharing in a nutshell how you've been experiencing God. Thank you so much. Thank you too for this opportunity.